0: Presented by Bones Brothers Media. <laughs> Nobody laughing at Max Homa this weekend, that's for sure. Taking down his fourth PGA Tour victory um you will be laughing about our corona cup results and the panther invitational results we'll talk about those at the end of the podcast but let's start with bones dk coming to us live from pittsburgh how about our boy max and look you know again i'm just the host on this thing but when you say keegan bradley uh giving up a lead early and never being able to get it back it sounds just about no pun intended par for the course for me bones dk you liked keegan a lot last week though talk about how you went this weekend. I know you kinda of missed on Woodland too. Up and down ride for you this past weekend.
1: Yeah, I was really close again. We we were right there. I mean I couldn't have been further off on Woodland. I, I really don't know what happened there. I liked what I did, uh my research on him and I had a strong take. But uh Cameron Young was in the core four this week, came in second place. Uh, 37% owned, unfortunately, in most contests, so that wasn't that hot of a take. But, man, $8,000, you keep playing him every time. And then Keegan, yeah, I mean, he's the Jackson Hole native. I love that guy. He was on two of B. Covey's lineups for for 50K. So you kind of just play him every week, and it was it was tough to see him lose. But, um, unfortunately, my lineups were, were screwed. Uh, a bunch of four or sixes everywhere with Sig and, and the Flyer of the Week and stuff like that. So I wasn't cheering too much on DraftKings, but I know a lot of our followers had Keegan uh and and did pretty well so yeah i mean max homa man gotta love the guy i can't be upset that max homa won a tournament we love the guy so congratulations to him you know max
0: homa is one of those rare guys that is so easy to root for right like some guys you just like yeah it kind of rubs you the wrong way this way or that way but homa's got great perspective as you probably saw in his soundbite after this tournament But he's a social media guy, too. We've been following him a long time, so we know what kind of perspective. He's always had that kind of perspective, I think. He's a down-to-earth guy. You know, Bones DK mentioned there, Wildman, that it was tough to see Keegan lose. Was it really that tough to watch him lose? Because he gave it up right away, man. I mean, five holes through, Homa's beating him by one, and he never gets it back.
2: Yeah, I think the story is actually Homa, I mean, like like we're talking about. For me, it was tough to watch because I'm a Keegan guy. Uh, I like his attitude. I like his... uh... Uh, his raw sense of emotion before and after tournaments. So, um, hey, look, he's putting himself in position to cash big checks. And I remember hearing him on Howard Stern a few years ago talking about how, you know, he was down to his last 350 bucks and had to borrow some money to enter a tournament. So uh, Homa's got a similar uh, story like that. So you like to see guys like that, you know, contending for PGA Tour titles. As far as Homa goes... I mean, look, he's building quite a
0: resume, isn't he? He is. Young he dude. Four that's, wins. I mean, that's pretty crazy, man. Four wins. That's a lot of wins on the PGA Tour.
2: That is a lot of wins. I mean, that's more, I would imagine, than Gary Woodland, I think, probably, who we were just talking about. Um, more than a lot of guys coming up. Uh, and then finally, you know, Cameron Young. I mean, is he going to win a major?
0: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> is Max Homa Is Max Homa going to win a major here? In two weeks playing really good golf as we get towards the uh the pga championship let's talk about this weekend's tournament we had to take a week off like we said travel <laughs> week last week with the panther invitational bones dk was on a camping trip i was recovering from uh the uh, pinehurst area but uh so we took the wells fargo off but we're back in business here with the at&t byron nelson this is the tpc craig ranch back in texas wild man what can you tell us about the, the uh course
2: Yeah, this is the second year here at uh, TPC Craig Ranch. Uh, This course is in McKinney, Texas, just outside of Dallas. Traditional par 72. um, Not much course history, like we said, because it's only year two of their five-year deal here at this course with the Byron Nelson. Um, But it is a a course that plays fairly easy in terms of scoring, which is always uh, good for DraftKings purposes. We expect guys to light it up. Uh, defending champion KH Lee shot 25 under par last year, so uh, we're expecting a lot of birdies. Traditional par 72 um, with wide-open fairways and big greens, so should be some some ample scoring opportunity.
0: So uh, let's try something a little new here. Uh, we are going to try to revamp it as we get into the the, the heart of major season here. Uh, rather than just burning off a bunch of names and having you guys pick a few let me throw a few guys out at you and uh, you can give me bogey or birdie birdie obviously if you like the guy bogey if you don't we will start in that ten thousand dollar range because you've got a couple, a couple interesting guys here scotty scheffler a texas guy at ten thousand nine hundred he's the most expensive but how about a guy like dj right now what what do you make of dj thus far in the season and is this where he kind of starts to pop off and maybe get into mid-season form literally in the middle of the season, Bones D.K.?
1: Yeah, so DJ is a bogey for me, um, and this is why I, I think he's just kind of prepping for next week, the, the PGA Championship. I just don't see him coming out here and winning this tournament. I think he's going to be working on his swing. Um, you know, his his game actually fits this course pretty well, but not much history that's only been played here one time. Um, so DJ, I think he's is more of next week. E- even though I like what I'm seeing out of DJ leading up to the major, I don't play DJ pretty much outside of majors.
0: 10,200. That is pricey. Third hot, most expensive golfer this week. Let's drop one uh, rung down there, Bones D.K. I want to stick with you real quick. Texas guy, 10,100. Jordan Spieth. I mean... Uh, I, it's a roller coaster ride with our boy Jordan Spieth, but he is a Texas guy, and if I'm not mistaken, is he a Dallas guy, in fact? And we love hometown boys on the Bones DK golf cast. Bogey or birdie on Jordan Spieth this
1: week? So I know you hate Jordan Spieth, right? But he is a birdie for me, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, he does it's well... a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, listen, he does well at Texas courses, yes. We already know that, right? But I'm going to actually... Go to his stats, right? I mean, look at his stroke-scan approach here. I love what I see out of his approach. Uh, That's what you're going to need at this course. And off the tee doesn't really matter, even though he's doing well there as well. Um, Does he go back-to-back wins? I don't think so. But Jordan Spieth in this range, it's him or Justin Thomas for me, honestly. Um, But I think Jordan Spieth has great potential to do really well this week. I'm, I'm definitely looking hard at Jordan Spieth.
0: T.W. man, then, what do you think? Birdie or bogey on the ten thousand dollars Justin Thomas, the second most expensive golfer in D.K. this week?
2: This is not a hot take. It's going to be birdie on J.T. Uh, there's two things we're looking at here, and they are both surrounding strokes gained on approach. In our metrics, we've got uh, from 150 to 200 with irons. J.T. ranks as the number two player in the field. Strokes gained approach overall number two player in the field. So that's good enough for us. Um, we're also looking at TPC Scottsdale being another Weiss- Weisskopf design, being a correlation here. And uh, he plays well there, finished eighth. And uh, anytime there's a birdie fest, we like JT. We mentioned this sort of off the, off the air, certainly. But earlier today, uh, Bones DK and I were talking, and we're like, you know, weeks before majors, you always got to worry about who's here mentally and who's not. You know, sometimes you think the Kepkas, the the DJs might be checked out looking towards next week. I think it's the opposite with JT. I think he's a guy that's like, you know, still trying to pad those stats and still trying to get trophies on his mantle uh, because he hasn't won as much as he probably feels like he's won on the PGA Tour. So I'd expect him to come out firing this week. He hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, he actually
1: hasn't won since March of last year. Uh, I wanted to bring that up. It's on, almost been. It's been over a
0: year actually. If you like a birdie fest, how can you not like – if you like a birdie fest in Texas, how can you not like Scotty Scheffler?
1: Sheff- well, you know, it's a great question, Edge. What is there not to like about Scotty Scheffler? You know, I always find a tournament that I just want to fade him at this point. This is not the tournament to fade Scotty Scheffler, unfortunately. I mean, the dude's just on point. I don't I don't know what to say about Scotty Scheffler, man. He, he's, like, kind of ruining DFS golf right now. I, when he's in the tournament, I don't know what to do. Do I play him? Do I not? Um, it is nearly impossible to fade Scotty Scheffler this week. He is dialed in completely, loves Texas, birdie fest, bombing course. I expect him to do well. And I don't even think he's, like, thinking about the majors, right? He just won the the Masters. He was probably at home. I don't. I just don't see him out, like, being a partier and, or worrying about anything except the tournament that's this week. So, yes, I think he's a great player this week.
0: Anything to add to that, Bonesy, or uh, T.W., man?
2: Yeah, Scheffler's like uh... – you know, he reminds me, it was like Steph Curry. When when Curry was rising up through the ranks, you know, and nailing those threes, and you're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Boy, what an easy guy to root for. What a guy you want to see in the winner's circle. And then started winning everything, and it's like, you start to learn more about him, and you're like, all right, you know, enough, enough of you. Let's, let's let some other people get, get their hands on a trophy. Um, yeah, Scheffler's she- clearly number one in the world, right? I mean, he was number one in the world going into the Masters. What did he do? He won. Uh, so Texas guy, he checks the
0: boxes. Um,
2: Really good chance he's in the lineup this week.
0: All right, $9,000 range. Let me throw out a couple names at your bones, DK. A couple guys you love. How about Big Z, Zalatoris, and how about Burns, who's been playing some pretty decent golf? Birdie or bogey on uh, both or either of those guys?
1: Yeah, so I'm Birdie, obviously, on Burns and Zalatoris, and, and the problem with the four guys I mentioned here, Jordan Spieth, three guys, Jordan Spieth, JT, uh, Burns and Zalatoris, they are getting a lot of ownership look th- this week. I mean, almost everyone is going to these four guys to start the week. And I know it's only Tuesday, but um, I'm going to eat the chalk on these two, two guys, Zalatoris and Burns. In fact, I probably won't even be playing the 10K range. And as you saw in my tweet earlier, I'm addicted to the 9K range. I, I got to play it every week. I just see value in this... In this range. And Burns, he's a winner. Second place here at this tournament. Uh, It's only been played at this course one time. So if you're looking at course history, only go back one year. And, uh, you know, Big Z has the best irons pretty much in the field. His putting is absolutely terrible. And I went on a rant, uh, you know, two weeks ago, how I'm never going to play bad putters again. I'm going to go over to Fantasy National here. He's literally lost like eight weeks in a row on putting. Now, these are going to be easier greens. That We did a simulation with Covey today. We're going to bring that up later. Our course preview is something we're going to launch on Bones DK Golf. Really excited about. But what we notice is that the greens aren't difficult at all. So if there is a week to back a bad putter, I guess it's this week. But if you're missing those 5 to 10 footers, you have 0% chance this week. You need to hit these 5 to 10 footers. At the RBC and these other tournaments that we've got in the last few weeks, been really difficult greens, a lot of benders. Dude's missing these putts all day. You cannot miss these putts. You need to be 10 for 10 from 5 to 10 feet on the first day. Um, so that is my only worry about Zalatoris. So I'm going to go Burns over Zalatoris, but I think both are birdies there. Burns, 9,500.
0: Zalatoris, 9,400. Some interesting names here that I'll throw at you, wild man. Brooks Kepka, 9,200. Pretty good price, I think, for Brooks. Birdie or bogey on him. Let me throw out Tommy Fleetwood also. 9,000 bucks. Again, interesting name at that price. Birdie or bogey. I might throw you a wild card here, too. I'm going in reverse order. 9,700. Xander Shoffley. I know he's been kind of, like, disappointing in DFS, but he's going to win here pretty soon, and he's always good for a top ten or a top five. Uh, Any of those three guys I just mentioned, birdie, bogey, what you got?
2: You know, Buns DK just gave a double birdie. I'm going to give a triple bogey here. Wow. Wow. Triple bogey. Uh, You know, Shoffley, look, don't get it twisted. He, he was playing on the back of Cantlay, who's an absolute stud, um, and that took a little bit of pressure off him. Perhaps that gets you know, him a little bit of momentum, but he just hasn't shown it himself uh, that he's ready to to get himself back in the winner's circle as an individual. Kepka, I mean, look, he plays well at TPC Scottsdale, which we, we said was a corollary course. He's won there twice. That matters. But look, I mean, you can compartmentalize a lot of Brooks Kepka's best stuff into the last, into like four or five years ago. I just, I don't know. Maybe he just caught lightning in a bottle there and, uh, you know, won all those majors and stacked them up, but he really hasn't won that much more on the PGA Tour. So, you know, you know, we talked about it before. Maybe he's undervalued every week, but maybe he's the right value. And then Tommy Fleetwood, I mean, look, if you want bad body language and just a guy that you know he, when you watch him play and he hits an iron shot it's like he's whimpering you don't know if he's you don't know if he's nailed it on oak tree on the left or if it's going you know sticking into five feet he swings he goes
0: <laughs> he
2: watches it I mean it's brutal and uh you know he he had to play with Sergio a couple weeks ago it cost me some uh you know, some...
0: some he's following back. the exact same trajectory as Lee Westwood is. Like a like a likable Englishman who's just, like, not that great. He's not a great golfer, right? He's not, like, the elite of the elite. He's good enough to be on tour. He's good enough to, like, uh, awesome fans. But he's not good enough of a grinder to win the big event. Well, That's how I feel about Tommy You know,
2: I'll add this to it, too, because we talked about Max Homer just a moment ago. You know the difference between these two guys. They've been on tour a similar amount of time, probably a similar amount of starts. Home is a four-time winner. Fleetwood is a zero-time winner. So that starts to, uh, you know, bog you down a little bit. I think as he's getting older and and just hasn't hasn't really, I mean, really ever been in contention
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: to win many tournaments. He was in contention at the Players in the Open Championship several years back, but um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bogey Fleetwood.
0: $8,000 range, Bones D.K., Taylor Gooch. We love this guy. $8,600 is a good price, birdie or bogey?
1: I'm getting back on the Gooch train this week. And I'll tell you why here. Um, he is from Oklahoma, but that's just right north of uh, of Texas there. He kind of knows this place. He has two fourth places at the Houston Open in the last two years. Missed the cut last year, but he does like Texas. Also, he's leading the tour in Eagles. There's four par fives on this course. Two of them are gettable, I know that because of our course preview with Kobe this morning. Uh, you know, Two of them are definitely gettable. There's a gettable par four. Uh, he's also T1 and par three scoring this year. And there's a lot of long par threes there. So those are tough par threes, over 200 yards on most of them. And in uh, and, and, uh, T4 and par five scoring. So I just love these stats out of Taylor Gooch. He is awesome. I also like him at courses where you can kind of spray the ball. He's not an absolute bomber, but he's not amazing off the tee. But when he gets dialed in irons, he can make putts. I love Taylor Gooch. So yeah, I'm getting back on the Gooch train this week. Let's let's get him on Twitter. Let's start peeping at him. Let's let's win this week, Gooch. I'm on it. I love it. I love it too. There's
0: not a whole lot of guys in this $8,000 range, man. So I'll um, or wild man. So I'll I'll throw at you at a name that you probably have a poster of this guy in your wall. You talk about him all the time. Adam Scott, $8,700. The old Aussie, birdie or bogey. Oh man, Scott. I mean
2: yes the poster is right there
0: i'm not going to show
2: it no, i'm just kidding uh no i'm not yes i am no i'm not uh bogey for adam scott i mean come on his best days are behind him he's generally speaking a cut maker um but you know out here grinding with these young guns that can bomb it and, and pile up the birdies like you know i mean he has like a uh he he wields like a a weapon as his putter. It's like a medieval dungeon weapon. <laughs> if you've seen this thing, you know, it's like pointed and it's a shape uh, that you can't even really comprehend as a golf club. So, yeah. I mean, come on, what are the odds that he's going to put together a week with a putter that's going to get him to 20 plus under par? Very low. Uh, very, very low. <laughs> yeah, z- Almost 0% in my opinion. So. Or
0: long, I should say. Easy pass. I'm sorry to the poster. <laughs> All right, uh Bonesy K, I tell you what man, $7,000 range, we're not going to go over any names. Can you give me a birdie and perhaps a bogey out of that $7,000 range?
1: Well, there I like the birdie bogey thing. There is two guys I wanted to bring up in the AK range here edge real quick. Um, Jonathan Vegas. Uh, he had like a world he had like his best ball striking ever last week. Gained 10.1 on approach. This guy churns out birdies and eagles. A lot of good top finishes here in his last events. The only problem is, is he's going to be extremely high-owned this week. I mean, the, the ownership is sticking to a lot of guys. It's Burns, Zalatoris, Vegas, JT, actually a lot of the guys that we like. So I, I want to find a little bit of leverage in this in this range. And it's the one guy I'm looking at is Jason Kokrak, Okay. Um, no, no one's really talking about him. And I look on fantasynational.com on my phone. He's only projected like five percent ownership, and this is around a round of Jonathan Vegas projected twenty-two percent, twenty-five percent. I don't look too much into ownership that much, but this is a good leverage spot here. Uh, Jason Crowcrack won the Houston Open, uh, a Texas course. He is a bomber. This dude can churn out birdies as well when he gets streaky. I like to see. I like what I see out of his form. He's gaining on approach. And um, he's, he's a solid player, man. People are overlooking him. And, and a few weeks ago, say months ago, he was like one of the chalkiest players in the field. And now all of a sudden, when I look at a guy like that at only 5%, and it is early in the week, um, that is someone I want to get exposure to this week. So look hard at Jason Kokrak to do really well this week.
0: I, I will counter that just by saying... You know, we said that Homa is an easy guy to cheer for. Kokrak is the exact opposite. crack's <laughs> the guy that you just hate. And, you know, can you get behind a guy that's going to win you 10 grand that you hate? Probably. Most people can. I just don't know if I'm one of those guys. I don't like him. I don't think I could cheer for him. I don't care what his value was. I, I'll take Spieth over co-crack any day of the week in a water-chugging contest also,
1: <laughs> if it came down to that shotgunning waters on the first tee. Um, that's, TW a pretty, man, that's a strong take, it? saying that you wouldn't even spend 100 DraftKings dollars on Jordan Spieth two weeks ago.
0: That's how. That's a, so. That's. I tell you what I think about Jason Kokrak. Also, I wouldn't <laughs> spend. I wouldn't spend a dime on Kokrak. <laughs> um, wild man. Anybody in the seven thousand dollars range? You like? I agree with the Kokrak take. I, I read a story
2: about him a year or two ago uh, before he had won anything on the PGA Tour, and, and it was like he's just one of the most unlikable guys on tour he just has this arrogance that he's like you know this incredible player despite never having won so i i've always sort of had a little uh, sideways look at kokrak but i'm gonna look at ct pan and he's gonna be my birdie here in the 7k range um he rated out very well for me last week buns dk i know i told you that i ended up playing doug Gim over him which was an absolute uh failure so, for some reason, I mean, I woke up at, like, midnight, and I was like, Doug Gim.
1: Yeah. And, uh, he, he did a swap, and he was like, "He was like, I played Gim over Pan. I was like, I, I texted Wildman. I was like, Pan, baby, let's go. And he was like, I have Gim. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't
2: know what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, I'm going back to him this the week. Doug Gim. <laughs> I'm going back to him this week. I think he's a guy, like, when, when he gets in form, he, uh, you know, he's pretty consistent and can, and can start uh, – you know, progressing up the scale. So, um, you know, we'll go CT Pan as our birdie down here.
0: All right, a couple quick uh, house cleaning items here, DK. Vegas versus Jonathan Wise. You talked about Vegas earlier. That seems to uh, – who's going to have a higher ownership percentage out of those two guys?
1: That's a good question, actually, Edge. Uh, Wise won the Byron Nelson in 2018. And don't get confused. That was a different course. However, Max Homa – did the same thing at the Wells Fargo, won the Wells Fargo at a different course and ended up winning the tournament. Um, That is really my only negative bogey take on Wise is that this just isn't the same course. And, you know, he is getting a lot of ownership. Vegas is definitely getting the highest ownership. Um, I would still pick Vegas over Wise in this situation. Two guys we love on this podcast, Wildman, Shamish Power
0: uh, and Mark Leishman if you had to pick one or the other this week to be your sixth man in the lineup, or maybe your fourth or fifth man, whatever it is, but it's the last guy in who you taking there. Yeah, man, these guys are, these guys are very, very similar players,
2: even on the golf course, uh, even like with their, with their style, in my opinion. So it's a difficult one. I think they're both good tee to green and they both are, are so inconsistent with the putter. They can get good, but they can also go really South with the putter um I think Leishman being the veteran that he is in his career is probably looking a little bit forward to next week uh so I think Seamus Power is a sneaky play here incredible T to green player like I said and uh you know remember that spurt he had what four or six months ago where he was like top 15 top 10 top three almost like two months in a row so clearly has the talent and uh seems to have a good head on his shoulders if he can get his putter going um you know i'd expect him to have a chance so i think that's a good pivot there i'm i'm going seamus power there
0: i'll tell you what seamus a very easy guy to cheer for also that'd be money well invested if you're really into the entertainment value of this whole thing and not really trying to retire go with seamus power there i also want you to take real quick because we got it on uh I didn't ask you, but we got Bones DK on him. What do you think about Burns and Will Zalatoris? I'll give you the same question there. If it came down to the last man in your lineup, who do you like, Burns or Big Z? Yeah, this is a really good one. Uh, ball
2: striking-wise, they're two of the top players in the world. Uh, I'm going to back Burns, though. I just I just have seen more out of Burns. I think Zalatoris is a cute story at the moment. Uh, but until he proves he can win, you know, I'm, I'm going to
0: give it to the guy that's, that's the proven winner. I mean, if you watch Zalatoris stroke a five-foot putt, I, I don't think you would ever play him again. If you legitimately watched him stroke a five-foot putt, he can't even bring the putter backwards on the right line. I mean, he's, like, got it. I mean, I know he's a pro. He whooped my ass on the golf course. There's no doubt about that. But I think in a putt-putt course, he and I would probably have a pretty good game. I'm going to be honest. It's, it's unbelievable. I've never seen a pro putter or a pro putt that poorly, or at least maybe seen him putt that poorly, but never like that mechanically poorly. You know what I mean? He is a really huge risk extreme. at any moment because he can't make a putt. And a two foot putt is about his about his range, man. Yeah, you and know isn't what I mean? That, isn't that extreme disparity like just weird? That he it's he mental. Bad. That's so all that's it good. is. It's mental. At one yeah. point in his life he was able to putt. And then something happened to him. He he woke up one night was like, Doug Gim. And he could never putt again. You know? Um, (laughs) Scotty, JT, last face-off I have for you, Bones, DK, because you you kind of like royally endorsed both of them. They're both the first and second golfers, or first and third golfers this week, though. So if you were going to start your build around one of those and a Stars and Scrubs, is it JT or is it Scotty?
1: Well, I think the safe is... Play is Scotty. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's just no denying him right now. I just, I just think JT is one of those guys that is, is, is kind of like Rom right now. He just wants to go out and win any tournament, you know. And he's not too focused on the major only. He wants to win and like prove that he's the number one player in the world. So I could see him coming out and really contending for this tournament. My lean is JT just based off the motivation and, and I also like Spieth and I find myself liking them at, at the same course, Speeth and JT. So. You know, I'm gonna, I, I'm not gonna fade Scheffler, uh, but I, I'm I'm leaning JT. If you had a gun to my head.
0: Okay, let's now like uh, we just talked about the stars there. If we were gonna scrub it up, also, who's the value play of the week here? In that busted
1: okay? You know, I you know I talked myself into Cook, rack there. I'm not gonna go too crazy um, on Cook, Rack, but I I like him at 8,300. I think that's a great price. Uh, Leishman was definitely. Um, in contention for the uh, value of the week. But I'm going to go down to my boy, Mito. Uh, he is, went to college in Texas, uh, coming off a of 26 and the 13th. Uh, as you see, the Valero Texas Open with a 13th place, $7,600. Um, however, he, he is injured. So I, I wouldn't call that the value player of the week. He did withdraw. I'm going to take that back a little bit. He did withdraw with Neiman with a back injury. So I'd be definitely worried about that. You see Brian Harmon just withdrew as well. Um, let me let me let me go down even one more. Keith Mitchell. Um, I'm just a big Keith Mitchell guy. Um, I think he's going to rebound well and uh, $7,500. He's a great play.
0: No surprise there, Keith Mitchell. Absolutely not. We knew well, we knew we were going to get a Keith Mitchell. He's he, the new uh, Lanto Griffin this
1: year. He, yeah, and you're right. You're right. He's coming off a, a miscut, right? But we compared the waste management to a corollary course, 10th place there this year. Um, I think he's going to turn around and and contend this week. All right, Wildman,
0: Flyer of the Week, and please, <laughs> for the love of God, do not say Doug Gim. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to be Doug. We're going to put Doug Gim uh,
2: in the freezer for a little bit. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, remind me about him in August. Um, no, 6,800. Uh, Oklahoma State guy had great success in, as an amateur player. Um, Has really been like an S-curve type player here on the PGA Tour, but he's playing well right now. It's Doc Redman. Uh, 6,800 now. He has been dreadful off the tee lately. I mean, dreadful. But everything we're looking at is saying that these are wide open fairways with very little rough. Uh, So that might be able to counterbalance his struggles because he's been good with irons. Uh, so if we can get him off the tee in a course where maybe he's not uh, as apt to get in trouble, he can rely on those irons and put himself in position to uh, contend for a title. So I do, like, I do like this play a lot, and I know that he can pour in birdies as well. So uh, definitely a flyer, but he is the
0: flyer of the week. Uh, how did the Panther Invitational go? Were you the champion golfer? I, I remember getting a text from you uh, that said – you were in the championship match against Lawrence, right? I was in the championship
2: match, me and Mark Worthy. We get to the 18th hole. I was down one. Uh, I'd stroke it into the fairway. Lawrence puts it into the into the shrubs. Hits his second shot out of the shrubs, into the curb side of the of the uh cart path. It goes backwards, back into the shrubs. Mark Worthy's like, hey, I can't believe you did it. I can't believe you pulled it off. I said something like, "You know, hey, we're in the 90th minute of a soccer match. Let's (laughs) let's finish it off, right?" Lawrence somehow—I mean, I mean—we were shaking hands. Lawrence hacks it out of the shrubs to three feet and knocks it in to beat me by one.
0: Oh my god! It was the
2: most improbable up and down I've ever seen in my life.
0: I would have taken Worthy and just choked him out right there and thrown him (laughs) into the lake at that moment no, it was, just, it, was a, it was an automatic jinx did he does he not like you or what did no like no, i lawrence gotta give him, him some
2: credit you? though because on 17 we, we were playing best ball and on 17 he made like a 45 footer for birdie to bring me back in so so he hung in there but he helped
0: uh, you he helped you then
2: yeah it felt it felt bizarre but but kudos to lawrence because it was uh i'm telling you guys it was a miraculous up and down it was at the uh i think it was at the Trent Jones course. Uh, by then, you know, I'd had a hundred beers, so I can't even remember what course it was. Yeah, Maybe, yeah, I know. Perhaps, I it. You know, I mean, perhaps I'm dreaming this too. Just like I
0: dreamed Doug Gim was gonna make the cut. <laughs> so Bones DK, did you take Team North or Team South in the Corona Cup? You were on Team North. Yeah, I was it? on
1: North and it and and it was I lost a hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, did you take the bet, Wild Man? You did take the bet. Because oh, yeah. yeah. South beat North this year in the Corona Cup to even the series at one ten and a half to five and a half. They were phenomenal, man. Uh, they really wanted it. Played a lot more golf than we did, um, and they're 31 and 33 handicaps. Look, I, I think I'm a member of the now Corona Cup board. We've established a board. I think one thing we have to talk about is when a guy is getting two shots on a par three. It really makes the game difficult, especially when that guy is having a decent game. You know what I mean? Um, so their 30-plus handicaps absolutely helped them, But let me also say this. Their single-digit handicaps absolutely helped them too. There's no way I could beat Kluke by myself. Absolutely no way. And as I said, going into play Contento, that was really a tall order. And I actually had Contento two up at one point. But I just, you know, just like everything, 12th, 13th, 14th hole, I just kind of let it slip away and, and couldn't come back. And then Tim Lemoyne who was the eight handicap I'd say I was closest to him, but he could hit the ball way further than I could. And you know, my, my short game is what kept me in it. So um, our team did not have our best showing. I didn't have my best stuff. Congratulations to team South though. They, they certainly earned it. Their guys played every one of them that I played with played, played really well. What's the,
2: uh, what's the latest update on the pinched nerve in the hip? Not good.
0: Not good. (laughs) No, no, it's not good. I'm, actually limping around the house today it doesn't actually this is really weird golf doesn't seem to affect it as much as like walking up steps and like walking up a hill when i cut the grass is where it really like becomes problematic the orthopedic surgeon actually called me right before the podcast i side buttoned him there's a uh a message right now i gotta call him back here because i'm gonna go back in yeah you're like who knows you're what like- he's gonna say
2: you're like, you know, nothing really bothers it. I mean, I didn't do anything yesterday.
0: I only drank 16 beers. I don't know why I'd be hurting again today. Yeah, yeah well, Probably what's actually happening is I'm passing out drunk almost every night. And rather than like sleeping like a normal person, I'm sleeping like a contortionist because I'm passed out drunk. And I wake up and I'm like mangled up in a million different, like a pretzel you know and that's how i've actually hurt myself it's been nothing with golf it's been nothing cutting the grass i'm you know i just pass out every night in bed and uh that's probably what's happening (laughs) at least that's my medical diagnosis hey (laughs) rob's a doctor doctor.
1: (laughs) we'll we'll get that story on a pod one day
0: (laughs) yeah we gotta get that story on the podcast all right, uh, this week is the AT&T Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch in Texas. That's some good stuff you guys had here, some good takes. Bones DK, we appreciate it. TW Man 66, we appreciate it. My name is Edge. Follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at GolfGuyWB. Thanks so much for listening, and good luck this weekend at the AT&T Byron Nelson.
1: Thanks, Edge.